Jason, as it is every week, Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to the people by our good friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! How can you not like those people? They are, as they say, they're good eggs. They are. They're good eggs, good people. Jason, coming up is a really cool event at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. It is pillows and pinot. You get an opportunity to design your own fabric for custom pillows, drapery, Roman shades. You can bring in whatever you want, work with their fancy digital fabric tool, which by the way, it is pretty fancy. I didn't even know it existed until not that long ago that there were digital fabric tools that you can make your own custom fabric. So you buy a pillow, you pay $50 for the guest, you get the pillow, and wine and snacks and all kinds of good stuff. You can bring in like I color swatches or other fabrics or things for matching ideas and just go crazy and make yourself a cool. So pillow. it's like it's like a wine party and you get something cool for your house when you're done. That is the way it works. Awesome. Can I can I tell you a little secret? What's that? I I was talking to the good folks at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit earlier. Mm-hmm. I think the wife and I, we might get a little uh, sneak peek at the fancy digital about making some pillow fabric. So you're going to get that before the event, which, I, by the way, it's May 24th, 6 p.m. I might get a I might get a sneak peek. That is very cool. See, these are the advantages of being a big-time media guy like you. That's true. And if you want to join in the Pillows and Pino event, check out the Facebook page for Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. They've got an event page there. Or... You can click on their ad on link2leesummit.com and buy your tickets right there. Go see our friends, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Nick and Jason sent you. Bert Neff, the Reverend Emeritus for the city of Lee Summit. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for asking. Uh, I, I, I joke a little with the title, but you have been around Lee Summit for... 30 plus years, is that correct? That's right. Um, you've you've had a role in several churches. You've been a minister for the, the Methodist churches here. Mm-hmm. When did you when did you come into Lee Summit? Came in 87, 1987. I don't <laughs> you know, we're appointed by a bishop. I didn't I really had no desire to come here. And I think People had no desire much for me to come here. Also, they had a really fine pastor uh, who'd been here 10 years or so. In fact, he still lives here. Um, We had an autocratic bishop who thought, when I say go, you go. So he went and I came. Uh, People loved him. They didn't know me much. I've been real lucky. Lee Summit's been really good to me. What what's that like coming into a community and it's you know you have a relative position of authority. I mean you're 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 the head of a church of a congregation. What's that like? I mean I'm sure you were fairly young at that well, point. So I mean yeah. what's that coming into a community and you don't know anybody but this is your I don't want to be too cliché but this is your flock to lead. Mm-hmm. How how is that coming in? Frightening. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well. Of course, I'd done it before a few times, so you kind of begin to know how to anticipate. Uh, 
the first thing you do, and I think the major thing you do, is you hit the streets. You go to neighbors at eight. You go to the hospital either here or over town or both every day. You go to the ball games at night and you sit where the people sit. Well, that kind of—I guess we might be rolling backward a little bit, but that kind of makes me think. And my my follow-up is: is so, what really is your role? What is the role of of a minister, of a pastor in a community? Is it just within the the walls of that particular church, or or do you see your role as something broader? Oh, it's not. <laughs> you better get it out of those walls. Uh, it's being a. Oh, there's fans. It's being available to people where they are. It's going to them. It's trying to listen more than you talk, which we're not good at. We're talkers <laughs> by nature. And you, you try to sense needs accept people where they are. And I think a, I think a great word for it is that old tired word, the Quakers picked up on it, friend. Uh, they call themselves a society of friends. Uh, so what is your, what's your approach there if you are going to make friends mm-hmm. as you come into a community or even as you continue to serve a community over a span of 30, 40 years? What's your approach then to, to being a friend? Well, first you listen. Then you build trust. You find out, they find out you're available, that you are interested in them where they are. And I don't even like the term helping people. I don't really like that term because that's kind of a, I'm gonna do something for you. And I find every encounter, every visit is a helping each other visit. I don't I'm helped by everybody I meet. So I don't just go to help you. We are there to help each other. What do you what do you get out of it then? What's your and I don't mean that to no, sound that's a great question. But I mean but how is that how is that returned to you? I'm helped. I'm helped. Uh, I just visited yesterday and I won't well maybe I will look and she wouldn't care a woman who's in the north three brain surgeries can barely talk but it's getting better but every time I go see her I don't do much for her she sure does something for me she gives me strength She gives me resilience. She gives me a kind of a feeling that, my gosh, you can go on. You can do this. You can make it through this day. Uh, That's, oh, that's a great gift. I've been given more by folks like her than I could ever repay. 
is that from the the sharing of of story of emotion is that the is that the back and forth that you're talking well, about it's, yeah or it's just uh, uh as the being there as the look in her face it's uh, yeah yeah it's that a whole mystery that gets us up <laughs> well, to stay on 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 a bit of a broad topic, because I think yeah. we're 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 talking. Well, if it's spiritually, can I say thirty thousand feet, or do I need to go bigger? But we're a broader topic. So so when we talk about service mm-hmm. um, and service, whether whether it's service to community, service to to your congregation in a faith sense, um, what what is it that draws? you to service I mean obviously at some point early in your life you had a, if you want to say calling or or you realized that was your path so what is it that that made you want to to find this this that you're talking about is it motive are you asking motive are you asking I think motive is part of it yeah maybe <laughs> I don't know I don't know I, you get that question tell me about your call I'm not sure if I like that word, oh, I, and I don't want to make this show about me at all. But but I don't know no, if I like that I'm not word. Not crazy about. I I think you see needs, and you have gifts and interests, and you try to bring them together. I mean, I don't. Um, I'd like to say if you have a flat tire, you don't need a minister, you need a good tire changer. <laughs> and that's a ministry as much as what I do. How does that translate then the difference? And and I really like where you're, you're taking me here. How does that translate to you've gone out in the community and you're making friends? And by the way, I'm really going to steal that. I love that analogy. Um, to say then you're at a pulpit and you're in front of 50, 100, 200 people, does your does your message, does your tone of conversation change? No. No, you're talking to 300 people one at a time. I like to say about sermons, they have no meaning till they're heard until there's some point of contact between interest and need and it's just a it's just another way to help each other <laughs> uh, and you never repeat oh you say the same words i used to do three services in the morning and i'd say They'd say, you're going to do the same sermon? And I'd say, it's impossible. Because number one, I have a whole different group. Number two, we've all lived an hour longer. So our experience isn't quite the same. There is something I like very much when I listen to an album, to listen to a live concert. Now, it may not be as polished, but there's something about being face-to-face with a live crowd that creates a dynamic you can't quite get in a studio. 
are your and 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 I have a great affinity for speeches and speech writers, and so I think we can relate a little bit when you're talking about a sermon. When you would do three sermons a, a Sunday, is it written out and you're following along, but maybe but you're changing a little bit based on your interaction with the audience, with your congregation? Once I wrote out, I don't anymore, uh, and I probably should. I kind of do it. I do some preparing, believe it or not, uh, but I, and this is going to sound, I kind of take my cues out there in the air someplace. Uh, I watch. Uh, I watch. Is that a learned skill over the years? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Also, can you teach it? Maybe I'm not sure. When you're in a congregation, when you're not at the pulpit, yeah. what do you look for in a minister, in a in a faith leader? What what are the things that uh, I don't know if appeal to you is the right word, but what are the things that maybe maybe inspire you and that, that you want to find in a in a in a faith leader? I wanted to see somebody alive. <laughs> I wanted to see somebody who, or listen to somebody who uses a language that I can understand, that talks, that doesn't talk in some specialized language called religious. Uh, he, I don't. I don't want him to use all the right religious words. I want him to use my language. Well, I want him to. I guess I want to feel like he understands me a little and is willing to help me think and feel and wonder. That's, a, that's that's interesting uh, to me in that what is that balance then as you, as you and I think I'm asking you this both as one who has preached and as one who said on the other side if, you know I, I want both your perspectives on this but is it is that an odd balance because a, a Christian faith is based on a very old text and so the words are what the words are so so how is that balance made of using the religious language based on language that not even just today's cultural language but just I don't, I don't even know how to say that more a more human is that is that well, it's all right it's not too good a word it's, <laughs> it's a great word I shouldn't have said that because it's uh, I'm not yeah, sure how to explain but, what I well, want to ask you words on a page are dead their words. Somebody says, I believe in God. They haven't told me anything. Because God's a word on a page. Bring that word off the page. When you say it, what do you mean? What do you mean in your experience? What do you... It's a word. That's... Bring that story to life. Bring that story, you know, you got 
collection of books written in over a thousand years of every different genre almost bring that story to life uh, well let me ask you then sure when you say you believe in God mm -hmm. how do you make that come alive how do you then say what your belief is okay I of course what uh, what I say is not as important as what you say. I want to say something that helps you say what you mean. And maybe me saying that, I'd start with words like wonder. It's that dimension that causes me to wonder to uh, to ask okay here's a sperm and an egg that got together and created a mystery and that mystery we call an image of God You are, and we haven't talked about this yet, but you are a man of words. You are a writer. You are a preacher. <laughs> I, I love this part of this conversation because I, I like how you are somebody of words, but you're saying you've got to make the words sing. It's got to be more than just something that was written down once. And the intent is as important as the word itself. Mm -hmm. Is that, am I on point? With no, that's, I think so, yeah. It's, it's. Well, here again, it isn't a word until you've heard it and filtered it through your experience. When I say the word God, that almost automatically sparks something in you, something, some experience, some, oh, I don't want to talk about that kind of stuff, some, something. If we can connect your experience with whatever the reality is together. That seems to me, and again, let me know if I'm off there. I think what you're saying, too, is that looking for that connection and that intent from both parties mm -hmm. leads to a much broader vocabulary. Yeah. And it allows you to reach for more and better words as you're trying to share with each other. Am I? Oh, I think that's, yeah. And we don't have a course. <laughs> and I think I wrote it not long ago, maybe. Uh, we don't have a common language, uh, which is too bad. The old Genesis story said we kind of wanted one, and we're told, oh, that would make us like God if we all talked the same language. But we wanted the power and control. So you got the old Babel story, and we babble. We haven't had a common language since evolution stole our tails. <laughs> you, know, you know, we... So once when we could wag our tails, everybody tended to understand the common language. Now language is 
there's so much yeah you're you're a live mystery who uses words to express who you are and what you are and what you think I am and what you hope what's important to you uh, are there uh, words that you love are there words that you return to when you're wanting to 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 pass a message along your well you've already heard me use some of them I like the word wonder I like the word mystery are there words you'd like to erase from conversations about faith, about religion, about the church and the community? Well, if not, maybe not release, but trans, erase, but translate, translate into something that means something. You know, you say the word, well, take a religious one like salvation. move in some circles where if you say salvation they say what's that <laughs> you know so it's a dead word it's no I have an image when you say salvation I have an image of someone with broken chains a, a set free type of image mm-hmm. what, what it's image it's the old saved image it's the old lost and found image which is all right. Well, and how many of us do hum Amazing Grace at that point? <laughs> yeah, that's that's. You've already translated it. Well, I'm curious what image comes to your head if that's one you want to when change I say that translation. Salvation. I think it's. Uh, maybe direction. Maybe a sense of. Oh, I kind of know where I am now. I kind of know who I am now. I kind of know where I come from and where I'm going. And it was all, if you want to use the term lost, that's all right. I was really lost, really, really lost. And now, now maybe use the old amazing grace language maybe I kind of been found or maybe I was blind and now I kind of oh I see oh I see it's interesting to me <laughs> and 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 I don't I, I, again I hope I, I'm translating correctly but it's interesting to me that 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 my response an image of that word was more of an end point where it seems yours was more inclusive of a of a journey, a beginning point, or a new, a new, yeah. It wasn't just one point on well, that timeline. It seemed like you were encompassing the entire timeline. Yeah, yeah, well, no question about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not something you market exactly. It's uh, I'm kind of I've heard one too many where. Somebody says, okay, you accept Jesus and you get salvation and you get eternal life. And I say, oh, that's a great product. And the most beautiful thing about it is I'll never find out 
the value of it if it has any or not until it's too late. <laughs> yeah. So, boy, you're selling something that if I buy, you're off the hook because I won't know whether it worked or not until it's too late to find out whether, you know, it smatters to me of a transaction. You're selling and I'm buying and here's my ticket. Is so if uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play off your your, oh, your please ticket do. analogy yeah. there. Are you asking people in your congregation? Are you asking friends that you meet? I'm gonna keep going back to that. Then are you asking them to get on board to join you on a train trip, or is that too much transaction? Well, now that you ask it, it doesn't sound as bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here to make you look good. <laughs> of course. Um, I guess that's all right. If you if you want to say, let's go together, that's all right. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a leader? Well, there, there's another word. Well, and I ask yes. because oh, I asked okay. you if you were saying get on board. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was picturing you as more of a position of authority, but you said let's go together. Yeah. And that is that is imagery of more equals. And so my question is, as a minister, as a reverend, do you consider yourself a leader? Do you have a position of authority? Not much. Much I, uh, so what's what is the difference between you who stands at the pulpit mm-hmm. and those that sit in the pews? None. That's an easy question. None. Different jobs? Oh yeah, maybe different. Yeah, that's okay. Different pieces in the puzzle, maybe. That's really a good question. And I've about answered it the only way I know to answer it. I mean, we're both, to use your word from a good bit ago, human. We're being human. Homo sapiens. We're creatures. Kind of together before or in the presence of whatever it is that created us. The mystery and the wonder, and I'm, I'm, yeah. Do you find yourself ever trying to define that mystery? Do you feel like sometimes you need to define it, or do you revel in the fact that it's not defined? Oh, both. That's another good question because people want answers, and they deserve answers, and they deserve definitions. I'm not too good at it. Are you better than you were? No. Do you get better? Not much. I like to say every morning I wake up and discover something new that I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of true. That's part. And I think there's a place for my kind of creature. But... You know, if somebody says to me, well, I was a part of your faith community, but now I'm a part of this one because 
it makes more sense. Mm. They have more answers. They that's fine. I'll be a little sad, you know, because I hate to see you go. But but that's fine. The, the beauty of the whole religious dimension in this country is, if it has any, the doors swing both ways. You, you know, we come and we go. And we've gone about five different directions that I did not plan on going, and I, and I love this. I want to ask this question as a, as a follow-up to that. In your mind, is religion, and, and, and for you it's Christianity, is it about finding answers, or is it about finding the questions? Well, you have to find the questions first. Uh, I don't want to spend my time answering questions that you don't ask, that you don't care about. you got to find the questions first. What are the questions you find yourself asking? Oh, anymore. Maybe always, what's it about? What's it? I I don't, what's this thing called being alive that we didn't ask for? Had another, I mean, we didn't raise our hands and say, hey, I want to be born. We're here. How do we, how do we invest it? What do we do with this time and energy? And I don't think I'm trying to be, uh, it's I, because I really do ask that, you know, and you, when you get old, you know, you don't have much time. So you do think more about, I held a dead baby the other day, born dead, full term. And I used to think when you got old, you understood that more. I don't, I Does, don't. Does that question drive you? Yeah, yeah. Is it it a drive to find the answer or a drive to accept that maybe there's not an answer? Well, it's both. And I think I'm probably feeding you some of my own questions. It's both. It's both. It's uh, it's trying to find... It's... Oh, here again, it's sounding kind of, it's kind of walking together Mm -hmm. toward an answer or something that gets us through till dark or, and, and accepting also, accepting that there is, I mean, take, take one of the plainest ones. You walk away from the grave and you say, why am I walking away? And he isn't. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, well, a, and that's, that's kind of a heavy one. And I think that's, uh, a, that's a question that I think all of us at one or more points in our lives are going to have that moment and that question in our head. And I think why is probably the center word for everything we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I could, of course, you've hit my buttons, but I, <laughs> you know, people say, well, it's all a matter of choices. Everybody has, it, you are what you choose. Everybody has choices, as if we all had the same choices, which drives me crazy. You know, you take somebody 
who happened to be born in an urban ghetto, does that person have the same choice as somebody who's born in the neighborhood surrounding this church where we sit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you telling me they have the same choices? I was over in Northeast a year, and the part-time kind of volunteer secretary at the church taught at Don Bosco. Uh, really a good teacher and a good person. She says, you know, I have students that I really ought to pass just for coming to school and staying awake. Because if you've been in their home, if you know their lives, the choices is getting here a day. I mean, that's about all the choices they have. And some, some people's choices and options are so limited that to stand up and say, well, you just made the wrong choices. I, I, that's one of my favorites, so I slipped it in. You can edit it out. <laughs> no, I, whatever you want to do. With I, it. I, I like it, and I want to. I want to kind of wrap things up on a little sure. lighter note because I feel like maybe we've gotten a little heavy and deep. And well, I want to keep what few listeners I've got. Um, but you've allowed me to delve into some things that I, I really enjoy, and personally, this has been great. But but let's get back and stay on the theme though of words. Okay. You are a writer. You have written poetry for years. Yeah. You they've been published. I think still published in. Lee Summit Journal. Oh, they, yeah. I know you did. We had, <laughs> when I was at the Journal, and I know you used to read and do do some of that when we used to do an awards program yeah. long ago. Um, who are some writers that you enjoy? What are what? Who puts words on paper that you enjoy that 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 feed imagery to you? Most of them are dying. <laughs> you know, everybody has their generation. Right. I, if. if if I named, they would really be. And my, uh, we talked a little about music. Most of them are dying. All it's amazing that breed of musicians that age. Almost every day I hear, well, you know, somebody died who I listened to all my life. You mentioned before we started recording, mm-hmm. um, Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. who. I can maybe say is one of the the best writers I've I've seen. Yeah, I think. So. What is it about Dylan's music and and and, and honestly his it's poetry with notes. Yeah. Uh, but what is it about his words and the things that he he pens for you? How do you relate? Uh, it connects to something in my experience a question or a, a path or he brings a person to life and a situation he, he, and he has an amazing he does not answer very often he went through quite a religious period where he I heard him during that period but He's always out there somewhere. You never quite know exactly who he is. And that's part of the draw, the interest, or where he's going. Or 
That's that's enough. That's it. <laughs> well, I, thank you, Hubert, for sitting down with me. And yeah. if people want to make friends with you, you're at Grace United Methodist in Lee Summit. And thank you. Good luck. And I hope you keep making friends. Thanks very much. Today's episode of Lee Summit Town Hall is brought to you by Shred KC. Jason, I'm not going to talk about me this time. Uh, it's it's going to be uh, a little weird. Be painful uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about me this time. Here's what I am going to talk about. Coming up, starting June 17th, they've got another big challenge coming up. It's the 60-day team challenge. So you sign up. They stack the teams. You don't have to worry about forming your own team. They're going to do it anyway. There'll be a max of two males per team. And the team will work together to motivate each other, to encourage each other, to inspire each other, to reach all of those fitness goals. I think this is really cool. I really like, Jason, what they do, all these different ways to keep people motivated and to change lifestyles. That's the point. I know. They, and they like it's like this inherent niceness with one another, which is a, a nice bit to have, uh, given what we've been talking about recently. Well, you get, uh, you get unlimited limited classes for those 60 days. So there's like 25 different options a week. You get workshops, two, not one, but two 3D body scans, which to me sounds like an, like some sort of horrible piece of ob- objective self-reality that I don't want, but I understand what yeah, you, it, you it's, get It's the scariest goals. part of everything. Yes. Uh, you get a trainer or a coach for your team. You get all kinds of tools to work together, even though these people you weren't necessarily there. There's challenges. If you reach your goal, you get a part of your feedback. Um, and Are you ready? The big prize? The big prize. What is it, Jason? What the, is it? The top team gets to go to Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. So. Hey, look, this is a lot of fun. You get unlimited classes. The meal plans change every week. Your menu changes every week. So this is cool. You, if you're ready, if you want another way to stay motivated and to to get to your, I know it's hard. Dreams. It's hard to fitness on your own. You really do. It's it's better if you have like a buddy or somebody to help you with the squat up, baby. Yep. So go to shred. Hit sixty day team shred.com. That's the one. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. <laughs>